0: Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it.
1: So, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine scriptures, but you know how I do. But, you know, um, a few weeks back, I started sort of whittling our whistle. for the more, by reading some of Lana Vosser's book called A New Era. And I had to take a time out to get rid of that religious spirit because no one could hear me. And when I woke up this morning, I had dreamed that I got a new BMW. And and so I'm gonna deliver that BMW to you, okay? Does anybody like BMWs? (laughs) Never had one. That's not the point. Do we like them? Clearly, new shiny things. I actually, this is my second dream about a BMW recently. The other one I had was Pam was test driving one, and it was U-G-L-Y, but that's okay. You ain't got no alibi, but... But I think that, you know, Papa's obviously clearly bre- ble- breathing on the BMWs right now. Right, Lenny? Um, that's uh, I'm being silly. I, I mean, I did dream those, but that's not what that means. But anyway. Um, but the place where I kind of stopped and we kind of went, we've been on this little rabbit trail of goodness, right, where we started out with, identifying these spirits that, now I can look over here at Charlie, cause you know, we're together today. Look at, I can just, I've been, I can't look at people that aren't with me. I have to just go up, and, you know. So if I don't ever look at you, you know. Feels like, look at me, feels like, look at me. Uh. I kinda have a little um, sense when I talk that I have, that things have to feel really in order for me so you know don't take it personal because we're not gonna be offended anymore right because we're talking about that um but we kind of went on a little hiatus and a bunch of people got free and 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 so now I feel like that we're candidates for um, a maturity word Do, do you agree and so, one of the things that just really stuck out to me, and interesting enough, you know, God um, gives me lots of confirmations along the way, which I really enjoy and like. And I can't talk about all of them tonight. I'll just let me just say that God has been doing some odd demos the last two days with multiplication, and especially threes. So, you know, if you're track, if you're a number person then, you know, that's a multiplication of the Godhead, the divinity, the presence, the glory, the expressions of God He's wanting to show out. Yeah. And so let's just, let's, just, let's just stop for a minute. Just put your hands down for a minute and just say, Papa, I want to rest in this word that you're going to deliver tonight. So I just say to my soul, just be calm and just receive and just listen. Okay, so one of the things that she talked about, and I wanted to read it to you, is that one of the greater ways that God is awakening us, now, it's not just a word, it's one of the things that happens when we're awakened is that we become aware Of something that we actually probably have even lived with. We probably have tolerated. We probably have gone to bed with it, sat at dinner, breakfast with it. And the Holy Spirit, don't be nervous because the the Holy Spirit knows when you're done tolerating that. And since the Holy Spirit is so good, He works with you along the way. That's why we never should be nervous about the maturity process because. He's overseeing every inch. See, that should give us great rest. And so, one of the things that God is awakening us to is His power. And His power was never intended for our personal prosperity. Just think about that for a little bit. And... One of the things that, that she talked about, let me just read it to you, and I'm going to talk about it. He's going to deal mightily with unbelief in our hearts. And she said, um, unbelief is believing something, anything, other than what God has said about a situation. Now see, here's where here's where you have to understand that you don't get to make up a God thing on a situation and then call it God and then be mad at God that it doesn't turn out. This is not... I'm going to deal with unbelief tonight and I, I pray that tonight that you leave here never suffering from unbelief again. Um, anyway, he says, um, she says that and I think she's quoting this actually from, um, I don't know, I think from uh, a Kenneth Copeland ar- article, maybe. I don't know, I'm only saying that because, you know, the sermon note people always want to know where I get stuff from. But I really, I, it's from her book, but I don't think it's from her. Um, <laughs> it says, You can believe in him and still not believe what he says. Right. Yeah. And the Bible calls that an, a hardened. Or evil, unbelieving heart. And unbelief grieves God. Now see, here's my position on it. I want to know what grieves Him. I want to grieve with Him. It's not condemnation. If He comes to you, if someone comes to you and loves you enough to say that that's unbelief or to say that's a religious spirit or to say whatever thing, It's love because we're actually in an action. We're all, we all love God in here. So that's not, we're not talking to anybody here that's not saved. But out of our salvation is this expansive experience and power that he wants us to actually will. Just like we sang about, he wants to anoint your hands. But unbelief can't rest in the place where faith does. So let's read a couple of things that she said. She said that she had an encounter with the Lord and that the Spirit of God was dealing with unbelief and God's people were partnering with the conviction of His Spirit. Let's just just say we're going to do that. Conviction is not condemnation. Conviction is like your best friend that says your breath stinks. That's all it is. It's just saying, hey, there's just something there. It's just not lovely. Right? It's just not It's just not who you are. You know, I just like to say, it's just not who you are as a man. It's just not who you are as a woman. It's just not. And she says, and I saw the intolerance within them begin to increase. Now, I'm going to explain this as we go. That intolerance was for the things in the natural that don't align with what God says with what his purposes are, what his plans are, what his kingdom is about. So see, in the natural, there are things that don't look like heaven. Have you seen any? Yes, right. I have to be intolerant that that doesn't look like heaven. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to put some askewed solution on a natural problem because I will inadvertently create another natural problem. You've got to really get what I'm saying tonight. Y'all have to re-listen to this. But see, a natural problem isn't solved. The solution to a natural problem is never another natural solution. It's always a supernatural thing. And it can only be wielded by the faith that I have that God can do it. See, this is a key. I'm telling you, this is a key to so many things. It's a key to healing. It's a key to walking in victory. It's a key to never, ever being sad again. So So we have to become intolerant. Intolerance means that I am not going to just go, that's just the way it is anymore. That's all it is. That's all it is. I'm not just going to, oh, yeah, just pass the other side. Now, see, here's the, here's the crux. There are more problems on the planet than we can solve. Agreed? That's why you have to find a lane. Mendel had a dream the other day, and it was about her staying in her lane. And there were four lanes to choose from. And so I think that's a good analogy for tonight, that we cannot solve all the problems. That's why for those of you who God has actually called to be a solution bringer, it's not wise to look at all the problems in the planet. Yes. It, will, it will paralyze you. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. You know, we had a customer that just lived right over here in um, Heritage Hill. And her little daughter, when we knew her, was around 12. And she was an introvert and she was high in mercy and she would sit around and watch Feed the Children and different programs like that. And when we would go over to the work, she would just be in the kitchen, 12-year-old, just weeping, weeping, weeping while she was watching this. Well, see, I know that she probably did have, I mean, she's probably saving people in human trafficking right now or something. I know she had this tremendous call in her life, but that really wasn't good management with her parents because all she did was live in grief all the time. All she did all the time was tell her mom all these sad stories. She was paralyzed to change anything. And see, God doesn't want to show us a problem just to paralyze us. Wouldn't we be ineffective? But see, sometimes we open the doors to problems we don't have anointing to solve. And so then we just get all captivated in the plight of something that we really isn't even our lane. Would you even agree with me there? And so as a house, we have a lane. I'm really good at staying in my lane. Y'all, y'all are not real good at it, but I'm good at it. And so I'm good at trying to see how many people I can get to get in the lane with me. And everyone comes with a lane they just want me to help them with. I know you didn't know that. But that's really what happened. I'm just going to go to church because that's what churches were about. Right. We just go somewhere and they just tell us something. We decide, I don't know if I really agree with that, but I'm no different going to church than I was staying at home and watching a TV program. But see, that's not what one life's about. That's not what my call's about. My call is actually about raising up leaders that actually have a lane, and our destinies and visions so intertwined in the lane that we become a really powerful entity that actually goes out and takes mountains. Tracy wasn't even smiling. I was like, I thought she would be excited. She got excited there. It was was all internal. So see, then my job is to say, okay, fam, it's time to be intolerant of some things. It's time to be intolerant of unbelief. Just like a few weeks ago. Did you know whenever Phil got this huge breakthrough on the 26th, I think it was, of May, right? Lynn's back, she said, hadn't heard since. Wow. (laughs) Now, I don't know what the connection is. I kind of do, but I was just saying, y'all have to find it. Search out a matter. Don't make me search it all out. Why is that connected? Since that's connected, let's repeat that somehow. Well, I'll let y'all ponder on that. As the intolerance rose, back to the book, and faith arose, the giants standing in opposition to the word of God began losing their hold as people of God were arising, excuse me, with a fire in their belly that said, no more. Yeah. I do not accept. have to accept that from my family, my house, my life, my city, my nation, the world has to to tolerate that, not on my watch. Yeah. That's really what he's asking of us right now in this season. And see, the thing of it is, don't pick 5,000 different things. I keep cautioning you. There, there, is, there is going to be such a explosion of God's Spirit and God's activity on the planet. You're not going to be able to keep up. I know how y'all love to just putter around on YouTube and look at everybody and see what everybody's doing. I want to say to you, that's a waste of your time. This is a house that has a vision and we need to focus on what I can do in the vision now. Will you agree or no? And so if we're just puttering around looking at all different stuff and about everybody's stuff, there's all kinds of stuff to look at. And, it, you know, what does it do? Let's just be honest. What does it do? There's all kinds of things it does. One person you watch, you're like, man, why aren't we like that? Another person you're like, man, I'm so glad we're not like that. <laughs> right? right? I mean, it just does. Or, you know, oh, my gosh, I just, that person's really a good speaker. I mean, I want to be a speaker like that. I, was, I, I caught a snippet, a 30-second snippet of the guy that uh, did The Chosen, um, Dallas, that's funny. Sorry. Anyway, and he said, you know, his dad was uh, the Jenkins guy that wrote um, Left Behind, I think, and stuff like that. I can't remember what all he wrote. But he said that when he was a teenager, and y'all probably saw this, and it was at some award thing or something, that he used to stand, look in the mirror, and he would practice his uh, speech where he was getting his I'm sure he thought he was getting an Oscar or something. I don't know. But he made this statement. He said, I wish I could go back to that little teenage boy and tell him, quit wasting your time. Quit wasting your time. He said, because none of that stuff matters. And see, that's what God's saying right now. Let's not waste our time on stuff that doesn't matter. Let's actually focus on the stuff that keeps me from involving my heart, my gifts, my talent, my resources into a vision that God actually plucked you out of random places and stuck you here. I did not go out and solicit any of y'all. Agreed? That should tell you something. I told Clondra not to come here. I mean, you know... So it's not like it's not like I went out and hand-picked all of y'all. God did. Yes. You're just growing up into what He already made for you. Yes. And I love this. She said there was a great ter, a greater awakening to taking place to the standard and normal. That's really good words to remember. And that the standard and normal normal was the word. Yes. Right. So before I go any further. I want you to make the rest of this year a year of the word for your life. And here's why. Let me read to you. Let's go over. Gosh, I have so much I want to tell you. Let's go over to um, Romans 10. Let's start there. Romans 10. Romans 10 is a delicious chapter. Can I just tell you? No, I'm telling you, it is like filet mignon. I mean, it starts out like this, my beloved brothers and sisters, the passionate desire of my heart and constant prayer to God is for... That's just what it starts with. But anyway, let's run on down. We don't have time for that. Oh, see, uh, verse 8. God's living message is very close to you, it's close to your own heart. It's as near as the tongue in your mouth. See, we're not reading that either, but isn't that good? Verse 9 says, it's the revelation, faith for salvation, which is the message that we preach. Isn't that good? We're not reading that either. I love verse 11. It says, everyone who believes in him will never be disappointed. We're not even going to read about that either. This is just all in this delicious chapter. I love verse 13. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will experience new life. We're not reading that either. So let's run on down. Verse 17. Y'all read the rest of it later, okay? Because it's really delicious. I promise you're going to love it. He says, faith then is birthed. In a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. Let's read it in the amplified. This is how we probably all know it. So faith comes from hearing. See, y'all all know it in that version, don't you? In friend, it says what is told, and then hearing. So which one's first? Faith or hearing? Hearing. 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 And hearing comes from the message, from the Word, from the preaching or from the Word of God. That's why I love Scripture. If you don't, listen, let's just change your mind about the Word. It's the manual. Have you ever put any furniture together? How many did it without the manual? Of course y'all did. How did that turn out? It's, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, Right. You get one of those things that's got 7,000 screws and they're all numbered and you just use random stuff, random wear, right? So see, it's the manual. It just depends on what kind of experience with God you want to have. Clearly, when you don't want to read the manual, you want to what? You want to wing it because you think you're what? Right. So see, the word is the scaffold. If I don't ever read the scalpel, right? Okay. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So that means that faith has the ability to be birthed by hearing. How easy is that? That's why when you hear a bunch of different stuff, your faith doesn't grow. Because your faith is multiplied by hearing, not hearing just anything. Hearing the Word. I mean, I would, I would challenge you to just listen to the Bible on Audible all night. You know, that's why I pick Bill. I don't listen to any, hardly anybody else, maybe Bill or Graham occasionally, at night. But I just listen to the same thing. I listen to the same, because why? That's my lane. And see, this house has a lane. I want our house to look like who mentors me. So if you want to know how I think, then you can go listen to him and I think like that. Now see, that's the the key to success in life is to not be a jack of all trades, master of none. Like here a little there, here a little there. What we do is we just pick out stuff. We just like, come on, let's be honest. And so we can't stay focused. Our dreams get all messed up, right? And so faith comes by hearing. So let's go back to our story from Sunday. Do you remember our story from Sunday? I've got a little kicker for you. It was in Luke seventeen. I was all over the place on Sunday, wasn't I? You probably don't even remember where I was at. Luke 17, remember um, how I taught... Was that Sunday or was that last week? Last Wednesday. Last Wednesday, sorry. That's why it wasn't Sunday. So last Wednesday I talked about this verse. Remember one day Jesus taught, betrayals are inevitable. Do y'all remember that? Yeah. And he went, remember the stumbling box, remember? Yeah. And the scandalone, remember? And all that. And I talked again about it the next day and how that Jesus was the one. Yeah. Remember? Jesus, I called it the offen I called the name of that sermon the offending Jesus, just to mess y'all up. Right. And so you remember the next verse was, you remember, if you're the one that creates the, the harm, then it's better that you have the big thing tighter, you know, y'all with me, right? So listen, all the way down, they said, Remember, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus didn't answer that question at all, it doesn't seem. So let's pick up on verse 6. They said, of course, in verse 5, Lord, increase our faith. And then he said, well, gosh, if you had even the smallest amount of faith. It's a loving Jesus right there, right? They're like, please increase it. He's like, I mean, you don't even really have to have a lot. That's what he was saying. That the way that the kingdom operates, it doesn't require much of the thing he gave us for free. But see, we're talking about unbelief and how unbelief starts. Unbelief starts by not believing what he said. So when I don't know what he said, it's hard for me to attach to it. Right? So when they said increase our faith, he said, well, if you had the smallest amount, I read this the other day, it'd be enough, enough faith to pull up the thing by the roots. Remember I said that? But this is what he said next. I didn't read this before. Jesus said, after a servant has finished his work in the field, he's still answering the question of give us more faith. It sounds like this doesn't apply, right? When a servant has finished his work in the field or with the livestock, he doesn't immediately sit down to relax and eat. No, a true servant prepares the food for his master and makes sure his master is served his meal before he sits down to eat on his own. He's still talking about faith. Wow. Okay? Yeah. Does the servant expect to be expect to be thanked for doing what is required of him? So learn this lesson. Still Jesus talking about faith. Here's the lesson. After doing all that is commanded of you, simply say, we are mere servants, undeserving of special praise, for we are just doing what is expected of us in fulfilling our duties. So when they were asking him, give us more faith, he told this story. Why? Can you see it? Did it go over your head? Did anybody in the room get it? Pam got it. See, what you have to understand is that God put you on the planet for a specific role and He equipped you with everything you need to do it. He's saying that faith is already deposited in you. If you would just do with the faith what it's intended to do, you wouldn't even be acting like you're doing anything special. But we're doing more with unbelief than we are with faith. We're putting more words, more actions. If you're intolerant, you can say to this mountain, you can say to this mountain of unbelief, I'm just doing my job today. This is my job as a believer with this kind of faith. I'm just doing my job. See, I told her, I said, these kinds of things are going to become the minority. I mean, the, the minors, thank you. The minors, I told the worship team last night. They're going to become the minors. We're going to begin to see explosions of God's demos. Yeah. We're gonna be. We're gonna to begin to see creative miracles. We're gonna to begin to see things on people's bodies removed and gone. But see, here's the thing: Are you intolerant of unbelief in you? Because when you get when you get met with someone calling you and saying, "Here's what's going to happen," will you pray? We didn't pray. We broke off that whole assignment off that woman. That woman just has a tiny little thing wrong with her back that's just going to, like, physical therapy or something. I can't even remember. It's nothing. We're on death's door? No. We're intolerant. And so, what he was saying, you don't really need more faith, you need to realize your assignment. You've been sent here by the master to serve a greater purpose. Do you get it? Great. See, one of the ways that this unbelief works is through stubbornness. I love Psalms 95. Phil's going to be amening me on stubbornness for the rest of his life. Let's go over to Psalms 95. Listen, this is really clear. Psalms 95, verse 7, it says, For we are those he cares for, and he is the God we worship. So drop everything else and listen to his voice. For this is what he's saying now. Today, when I speak, do not even think about turning a deaf ear to me. He said, don't be like those people, you know, back in the past, right? Right. Yeah. I think it says mom and dad. Yeah. Don't even be like. Put your own people in there. Yeah. The place where they argued with me, their creator. Yeah. Uh, where did you learn it? Yeah. You didn't learn it here. I think you came with it. Yeah. I'm trying to extract it off of you because it's not you. Don't be like whoever when they argued with me, when they challenged me over and over with their complaining, with their fear mongering, with their woe is me. Coming to the end, doom and gloom. Fear mongering, that's all that is. It says, even though I had convinced them of my power and love, they still doubted my care for them. So for 40 long years, I was grieved. God was grieved. How long have you spent with God grieving over what he did for you? I described them as wicked wanderers, whose hearts would not follow my ways or keep my words. I made a vow, and I said they won't enter the resting place I planned for them. So don't you ever be hard-hearted or stubborn like they were. Psalm ninety-five. You can read it for yourself. So God's—he gave us the solution. To not operating in faith. It's right there. Doubting what he did. Complaining about what he's doing. What's coming out of your mouth. That's what that woman was doing. She's prophesying things over people. And somebody needed to step in and say no. I'm intolerant. Of hearing you say that. Do do y'all do that? Do y'all just talk to people? Or just let them just tell you all kinds of negative things? Be intolerant. Let's look at 1 Peter 1. I really wanted to preach on this tonight. So remember, we're talking about what causes unbelief, what increases faith, right? Remember, faith is something you already have. The exercise of it is what we, God's ask us to do to be on the planet. So he sets us up and makes us intersect with situations that our current level of belief has the power to operate in, yeah. to begin to exercise our authority. See, our authority's in practice right now. Yeah. Yeah. All authority's been given to God, yeah. to Jesus, right? And he lives in us. Yeah. All authority, right? Yes. You should look up what that word means, authority. It's really cool. It's a bunch of stuff. Well, I think... I, yeah, wait. Yes, I did. It's this. It's the power of influence and privilege. Wow. Oh, wow. It says that and and your commands must be submitted to. Wow! By who? I mean, if you can't even command your own self to run water in a bowl... Clean. Your, let me just step on your toes. Clean your car. Put your laundry up. Put the toilet paper on the roll. Go get gas. Go to work. Provide for your family. If we can't, it, so you understand that all of God's authority wasn't meant for those little things. Those are just the practice things. See, it's just like when we have kids, we didn't have kids so they would set a home and thank us for being parents. We had kids for them to go out in society and do something with their life. Not to hang out at home with us. Uh. Look, there's authority over mankind. There's authority over judicial things. There's authority over things. There's all kinds of authority we're practicing. Because the the end result is that when God returns and there's a new heaven and a new earth, there's a new kingdom to rule what you practiced here. That's why don't delay practicing. That's the part I don't understand. I am telling you, you can believe this, that there's going to be a day where what you've done here will be judged in a good way by where you're going to be positioned as a ruler. So... I don't know. That's a motivator for me to practice here. Yeah. Is it not for you? Yeah. Yes, for you. So see, that's what he was saying in that parable. That's just what we're here to do. We're here to be about the Father's business. I don't get to eat till he eats. I love that. Yeah. See, we've got to change our mindset. Yeah. We thought he died just so we'd have easy street. No, he wow. empowered us to make a difference on the planet. That's our job. Yeah. And he gave us all that th- we need to do it. Yeah. And see, my gift can't even operate if I'm not positioning myself to do what he called me to do. It? Yeah. it just yeah. lays over there on the side. Yeah. Yeah. So we're practicing. What but what was I going to read? Uh-huh. That's where we're at. 1 Peter 2. So abandoned, turn to your neighbor and say, Get rid of this. She's fixing to tell you what to get rid of. Now, don't get nervous, okay? You know, when I first met Pen, we sat at the Catfish Cabin on 50th and MacArthur, and we ate catfish, and I told her there was evil, and she said, Evil? She said to me, I don't even believe there's evil. I said, oh, sister. Now, see, I can either focus on evil, because it's busy. It's busy. It's making messes. It's in the mud. It's scandaloning all over the place. Or I can focus on him. And the power of him through me gets rid of all evil. That's what we're missing out on in the earth, is that the church doesn't know they're powerful. Evil knows it's not powerful. That's why it's making a big scene. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. It's got to make a big scene because that, it's got to be loud. It's got to intimidate because that's all it's got. And we're like, oh yeah. Intolerant. So abandon every form of evil. What is that? What do you think that is? What's every form of evil? What is that? Anyone? Anyone? Could be unbelief. What'd you got? Are you doing some sort of, you know, what? Yeah, any disagreement with God? Anything exalted over God? Listen, anything that's not from God is evil. That's the definition of it. I know y'all thought it was some little guy with a pitchfork and red or, you know, or just a skull. I don't know, something that you've made up. I know, it's just... No, it's anything he's asking us to abandon. I love this. It says, rid yourself. It says the, the Aramaic word here is translated oasis rest. The thought is that we must be completely free from evil and be at rest within. Purity is an oasis rest for the people of God. Now, don't just write. See, y'all just write. pure, Y'all just write sex stuff on purity, and you just, you got that all messed up. No, it's the pure in heart, the ones that are completely. Just abandoned to who he is. Like he just is the man. He is everything. I just know he's everything. That's me. Is that you? So we're actually, he's actually trying to give us this oasis rest, right? So we have to abandon these things that are not like God. And he just gave some names to them. Peter did. Evil, deceit, hypocrisy. I love in the passion, he says the Greek word, for hypocrisy, it's the behavior of a hypocrite. It can also be translated as the hypercritical attitude of pulling things apart for judgmental analysis. Wow. Yes. Wow. Hey. I'll just tell y'all, some of y'all are doing this right here in this room. Wow. And it's against God. Yeah. You're judging and you're analyzing with A previous spirit that you used to actually survive. It's really simple. We're using a tactic that helped us survive to now wield our faith in the spirit. They're not interchangeable. That's why that we have to get rid of them. Listen, this is not a hard thing. This is not a hard thing. If I'm following the Holy Spirit, He's like, hey, that thought that you're having right there about your wife, that is no bueno. That thought that you're having about Tisa, I know y'all don't have these, but that is no good. Tisa is, loves you. That's just no good. That's just going to hurt you. I'm not going to quit loving you because you don't like me. I don't, I'm not going to quit loving you because you say bad things about me. It's, not it's just not the way love works. And so, so we have to abandon it. Yeah. Abandon that track. Yeah. It says abandon feelings of jealousy and slander. Why, isn't, why is that the most ridiculous thing ever, to be jealous? Has anyone ever been jealous? Anybody at all? What did you, what'd you do? What did you look like? What did it look like on you? Come on, somebody fess up. Come on. Try to copy it. Try to be, Try to copy it. Copy it. Try to be a copycat. Striving, pity, pity yeah. all personality related. <laughs> what comparison? And what came from that? That's yeah, torment. That's complete torment. That's complete torment. Right? Yes. Slander. What slander? Bad yeah. yeah. Fetty, just petty. yeah, just being petty. Being Betty. (laughs) Betty, over there. Oh, Betty the Jizzy. I love this. In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk. See what was telling me they were at work today and they have a newborn and it cried all day long and the dog barked at it all day long while she's trying to do penny tile. It was a test. It was a test. Right? They had to go to praying even no in the same way a nursing infant cries for milk you must intensely crave do you even know how to do that has anyone ever had a craving right now we're on low we're on we're on greek bars so man that in that ice cream craving is like get behind me all the time right right has anybody had a craving do you just satisfy it just to get it out of the way or do you change it? I know. Don't answer that question because that'll <laughs> mess you up. See, listen, if you will try to practice on a craving, on a personal craving, and say, Papa, this is what I do. I'm going to give that to you. Holy Spirit, come in right now and help me, no matter what it is. This this is what's going to happen. He's telling you what to crave. The pure spiritual milk of God's word. He's telling you. So that means you're going to have TV programs. You're going to have movies. You're going to have relationships. You're going to have busy work. You're going to have naps. You're going to have all kinds of things that say, Oh, you can do that later. But see, he's trying to say, Teach yourself to crave it. Now, how do you teach yourself to crave something? Well, how do you even know what you like that you're craving? You it. You've tried it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Come on. You got to try it. Yes. Yes. I mean, some of y'all haven't read a book all your life. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, your maturity road is gonna be so slow because, see, there's something about—it's not audible. I'm just telling you. I'm not opposed to that, but there's something about your eyes reading the words that God made your eyes to see and That's why it's one of the gates. Because when your eyes read that, it actually comes in and it plants seeds different. I'm not opposed to listening, but that can't be your only source. Right. And I promise you, some of y'all, that's your only source. Your maturity road is really slow. I'm just telling you. I'm just helping you. I love in the commentary, it says, this is the unadulterated, guileless milk. This nourishment contained in the milk of the word is like an antibiotic for guile. What's guile? Mm -hmm. It's deception. See, without the word, you're deceived. And guess who's a deceiver? That's Satan's name! It's his name. Yeah. And so, my only antibiotic. Yeah, right. wow. My only antibiotic. What's an antibiotic? Fights infection. Yeah. 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 Your only antibiotic to deceit. Your own deceit or deceit from him. That's the two, that's the two places disease come from. Have you, ever been decei- De- Have you ever been deceived? Have yes. you ever been deceived? What would it feel like? Hopeless, yeah, chaos. It feels like chaos. Feels hopeless. Feels all those ways. Why? Because it's deceit. It's not real. Yes. It's not authentic. Yeah. And so he's saying, crave the thing that will actually keep you from any infection of the enemy in deceit. And see, we already know he came to kill, steal, and destroy. We already know that he's the deceiver. Yeah. We already know that one of the things in Revelation it says is it that the accuser or the deceiver, he'll be vanished away at, at some point, right? right? But he ain't right now. And so if I don't have the pure, unadulterated word, yeah. right, right? Then I don't have any defense. And so that means I will be deceived. and yeah, yeah. depends on if somebody's hanging out around you, yeah. right? right? That can, that you'll let them get in there. You'll trust them enough to get in there. See, because deceit is like it is like a vault. Yeah. The door just goes down, you're a steel trap. See, so your job is to crave the Word. How do you crave the Word? You have to read the Word. It's your greatest gift. It's the manual. It says this milk contains an element that can eliminate our own personal deceit. Wow. This is just the Bible. Because it's Jesus. The Jesus in you so hungry for you to read about the Jesus on paper. Right? It says, so crave the pure spiritual milk of God's word. I love that he says that this is the logos of God. It says, the pure spiritual milk is the sustaining power of God's work coming from his very breast, as it were, to nourish and strengthen our inner being. It says, we can see that this milk is from the Lord himself, And it's dispensed to us through the Word of God. Right? It's good, isn't it? Our craving for this milk is not only because of necessity, but because of delight. He's the seed, the Word, the milk, the Lord, the living stone. It says, for this milk will cause you to grow into maturity. Who wouldn't want to do that? Fully nourished and strong for life. Especially now that you've tasted of the goodness of Yahweh and have experienced His kindness. So it's kind of like a motivator. I want to read about this amazing guy that just set me free. You know, I will tell you that when, especially those of you who have experienced recent breakthrough, it's an amazing moment to begin to read the Word. Especially just read the stuff that I suggest that we read. Because in that moment, that breakthrough is, is needing a solid something to grab hold to. And that's how you maintain breakthrough. See, you can't maintain breakthrough once you've had an experience with breakthrough and just go back to the same activity. The breakthrough requires you to change the activity to sustain it. You yeah. see, this is a, one of the things that we're going to be teaching about healing is that you can't sustain healing when you just go back to the old behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. There's just yeah. so much God wants us to teach right now. And we, If we will just prepare our hearts and we will just ingest it and we will do these things, we will be mature and we can handle more mature things. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. It says, so keep coming to him who is the living stone. I'll hurry. Though he was rejected and discarded by men, but chosen by God, he is priceless in God's sight. So come and be his living stones. Right? Who are continually being assembled into a sanctuary. Yes! For God, for now you serve as holy priests, offering up spiritual sacrifices that he readily accepts through Jesus. For it says in the scripture, Look, I lay a cornerstone in Zion, a chosen priceless stone, and whoever believes in him will certainly never be disappointed. So as believers, you know his great worth. Indeed, his preciousness is imparted to you. But for those who do not believe... The stone that the builders rejected, discarded, has now become the cornerstone. And a stone that makes them stumble. Wow. That's that scandalone word. And a rock to trip over. So here we are again. My belief, just my belief in him will make people stumble. And why is it good that they stumble? It's like a setup. You know, it's a perfect setup. You know, like we have some ants back here because, well, you know, there was some food back there. But anyway, we have some ants back there. And so I put out some traps yesterday. And see, here's what is the trap. The trap entices the ant. Come over here to the ant motel. It's sweet, delicious, creamery butter over here. Come on in. This liquid is just like pure sugar. But it's just mixed with what? It's mixed with poison, right? And so the end is like, hey, this is great. There's more food. There's more sweetness. See, that's what God does with your life. He actually, He actually sets your life up to entice the enemy out. Come on out. Come on out. Come on out. Come on out. Show yourself. Show your big fat self, show your old deceitful self, show your old cancer self, show, just show your old self. Why? Because now I have authority. I've got the poison waiting for him. The poison of pure worship, he can't stand it. I got the poison of great faith. You can't bring that up in here. And so then, then Papa just was like, hey, I'll just bring him on out. I'll just set a trap for him because you're hooked up to the stone. You're hooked up to the rock. You're hooked up to the one that can do something with your life. You're all hooked up. You're all meshed in. And that's why he says, they keep stumbling over the message because they refuse to believe it. Yeah. That's what they're stumbling over. That means you better have a message. And he says, in this they were destined to do. But you, say me, are God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings. You're a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to embrace his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this. So you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. For at one time, we were not God's people, but now you are. At one time, you knew nothing about God's mercy because you hadn't received it, but now you're drenched in it. And see, that's what this walk of faith will do to us. That's why we have to lay aside. I love in James 1, it's another one you can read. It's about double-mindedness. Why is double-mindedness so, is so treacherous? Because you're using two opposing thoughts and you're trying to make a decision and you just got a 50-50 chance they'll work and neither one of them are right. And so read James 1 if you get a chance to. So come on, Mendel, wrap it up for us. Because I have 14 more scriptures.
0: Such good stuff. Man, I love what the Holy Spirit's bringing through this house lately. Oh, it's so, 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 so good. Wow, you know, I've heard um, uh, several months ago I started listening to some of these prophets that were talking about what was going on in this season. And one of the things that they said was that there was going to be uh, no more gray area in this kingdom age that we're entering into now, where there's going to be more black and white obviousness about either you're either for God or you're against God. And because so many of us are living in this gray area where we think it's just maybe, you know, being neutral, but there's really not a neutral And so, um, you know, we're, we're unknowingly either supporting things or partnering with things when we say we're being neutral and all of that. So this can apply a a lot of different ways, but I've really been asking the Holy Spirit, you know, for a while now, what does that mean when there's no, how, like, how far spread is this? How, what is this going to look like? And one of the ways I'm realizing that it's, he's talking about is it's in ourselves as there, we're getting rid of the gray areas within our, within our own thinking. When we, that's, those are those areas where we, we have doubt and we have unbelief, where we're believing Christians and we're believing members of the body of Christ, but we're really still operating with doubt. Like, well, are you really going to come through for me here? Are you really going to be my provider? Are you really going to do what you say? You know, time will tell, I guess we'll see. You know, all these people said you will, but I know a bunch of people who who that never happened to, you know, I mean, those these things are kind of going on in the background of our mind. And as he's I know for me personally, as he's brought me out of some different areas of doubt, now I'll go and read a scripture and I'll 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 remember how I used to doubt in that area. And I'll think, well, how did I even doubt? Because, I mean, it says it plain as day right here. You will do this. God says, I am God, there is no other, and I will do this. And it's like, really, why was it so hard to believe, you know? But it's those gray areas and it's that, that stumbling block process that Jesus is so good, even if we didn't believe the message that he brought, he will even trip us up so that we can trip over the thing that we can't see in us. That's the doubt and the unbelief. And I just want to tell you, if he's done that in your life and you have some experience like that going on, that means you were ready to see it. Yeah. That means you were ready for to for that leaven to be revealed because you were strong enough and you were ready and those around you were ready and everybody was prepared to to help you. you. It was the time. It's the time to deal with it. So we can really, really celebrate when those things come to the surface. I mean, you just can't With this perspective, you can't go wrong walking with with Jesus because you're either being blessed or receiving all sorts of favor and love and affection from him, or he's showing you something that's torturing you, literally torturing you from the inside out, causing so much torment. And he's like, hey, let me show you this today so you can get rid of it. And I'll give you all power and authority to get rid of it. It's time for us as the body of Christ to believe that God is who he said He is who he says he is. He simply is who he says he is. And he will do what he says he will do. And when he's given us power and he tells us how to use it and when to use it and that we have power to actually affect change, he will do it. He's doing all sorts of God demos like Tisa mentioned, and they're really fun to um, talk about. You know, we used to spend some time in each service to talk about um, getting our expectations up and sharing how. Different things were, you know, worked out for us during the week. And so I just want to say again, it's another season for us to raise our expectations, to raise your expectations. And even if we don't do it here corporately, talk to your mentors, talk to your friends about the ways you saw God demo his power in your life and the way you're seeing him level up in your own partnership with him even. And I just have to share a fun one. One of the ways that this was really highlighted to me recently, there was there's this little place I go to walk in my neighborhood. And I've gone there for years now. And this one particular house that I would walk by, it has this a really small backyard, but I had to walk like right right by it on two sides. And I was amazed at how um, destroyed this yard was. It had so several trees in this tiny yard, and it probably had 10 years worth of Oklahoma windstorm and ice storm damage of broken down limbs and all sorts of stuff. Just you couldn't even see the ground. It was covered with tree limbs. And it's been like that for years. I mean, so it wasn't recent storms. I mean, more and layers and layers and layers of just lumber branches, boxes up on tables of, you know, paper boxes, I think there was something like six or eight boxes of paper products, paper boxes that had been rained on and just been there forever, been there for years. I mean, the place was just destroyed. So I walked past this place for years, but I've been practicing and keeping it on my mind more so that I carry the kingdom of God with me. And I'm releasing the anointing as I'm walking through the neighborhood and I'm i've increased my expectation of expecting that is going to change something because he is who he says he is i'm who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do so i I went on a walk one day and and i prayed and i was just releasing the anointing and 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 praying and for my whole walk around this neighborhood and then a couple days later i went back and i was um we approached this place and Tisa went with me on this walk and I just stopped in my tracks because when we got there, that yard was completely cleaned up. I mean, every bit of that wood was, it wasn't even piled up at the street anymore. I mean, it was gone. And not only was the backyard cleaned up, the guy was out front putting in a new flower bed in the front. I mean, it was so symbolic of what God will do. And I just knew that, that it was symbolic for that person, for the people who lived there. That was chaos and years and years of depression and, and hopelessness and just debris built up. And now there's somebody you know, building something new and having some hope and life show up in their yard and in their home so that was a re- that really impacted me and that image is, is so forever burned in my mind so now when i go places i just i remember that yard and i think well even if i'm not here to see it or see an outcome i know that's the kind of transformation that's taking place where I, the where my feet walked that's the kind of transportation transpor- transformation that's taking place so i just want to encourage everybody get your expectations up get in the word like tisa said It builds up your faith and you will notice that you're walking in the power that he says you have. So, Papa, we just thank you today. We thank you for your grand plan from the beginning of time and that you had us in mind on that very day that you created everything. Thank you that you created us with such power, such to be the authority on this earth. And that you have done everything everything that we could possibly ever need to develop and mature into who you made us to be. So we just say yes to who you are. Yes to your plan. We yield to your extravagant pursuit of us. We yield in every way it comes, whether it's a through a love bomb or a stumbling experience that reveals some leaven. we just yield to your passionate pursuit of us. We thank you that you said you wanted to spend eternity with us. And that it starts now. And so we thank you for your passion. And I just released your passion over all the people listening today. Your passion over all the hearts in the room. I just ask, Father God, that you would give people a dramatic encounter with your passion. No matter what that looks like, I know, Holy Spirit, you know what they need to experience to have an increase, a level up in their expectation. You want to fuel them with your passion, with your level of passion. So just infuse them with your passion. So we say thank you, Holy Spirit, in advance for what you're doing, and we love you, and we praise you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.